Welcome to Friends and Experts, where sometimes I talk to my friends, sometimes I talk to experts, and sometimes I talk to both. On episode 11, I wanted to talk some politics, so I visited my friend and political junkie, Davina Howe. We talked about impeachment, the Iowa caucus, and what politics was going to be like for 2020. Welcome to the show, Davina. Good morning, Mike. Thanks for having me. Hey, you know, during the first episode of Friends and Experts, I talked to your husband, Scott Howe, who is uber involved in politics, definitely with uh, the, um, the Postal Union. I hope I'm saying that right. <laughs> but uh, but I, I know um, you are just as uber involved with politics. How did you get involved in politics? And uh, just kind of elaborate on your love for everything as such. Okay. Um, yeah, Scott is definitely was super involved. He likes to call himself a trade unionist. Mm-hmm. He was involved in terms of, you know, the unions making things better for working people. Um, I'm definitely more into progressive politics, um, all politics in general, but I got involved, I would say, right around the time that I was able to vote in my first presidential election, which was Bill Clinton and George Bush Sr. And I registered to vote by a local councilman coming to our door. I'll never forget who it was. It was Smuckler. And he um, signed me up to vote. And then we started talking. And he told me about a few different meetings and groups and things So I went and just the more I talked to people that um, I thought were really smart people and listened to their takes on things, people who were older than me had lived through, say, the 60s, -hmm. civil rights, things like that. Civil rights were always a main focus of mine and human rights. I'm, I just, I, it's my football. It's where I, <laughs> I feel so much better when I think that I've learned something. All right. No, uh, you know, the, that's the reason why I wanted to have you on here and everything, just to talk about politics and just kind of, you know, talk that football, talk shop. <laughs> you exactly. Know, you know, because so right now you are classified as my friend. And I just kind of wanted to get your, your, your take on, number one, what transpired in, in the last year, 2019. Uh, just in politics and just sort of uh, everything that's going on with this president, you know, with the impeachment, uh, you know, how it was playing out uh, toward now, because in the beginning of this time last year, impeachment wasn't even on the table for anybody, you know, and that was the far-fetched because we're still waiting on the Mueller report. What was your kind of whole take on that and just sort of, uh, you know, uh, maybe your surprise or or confirmation of what's going on now? 2019 is summed up as... The year that I learned that anybody can be corrupt. Uh-huh. Because, like you said, we were waiting for the Mueller report. hmm Conservatives like to say we put everything, we were just, you know, clinging. And we were, in a way, because I think specifically we all know mm-hmm. that he did things that were against the law. Right. With the campaign finance, with Michael Cohen being the unindicted co-conspirator. Mm-hmm. But then at the release of the of the Mueller report and seeing what A.G. Barr did, I think that really kind of shook. We all watch those political thrillers or those political television shows, you know, House of Cards or West Wing or whatever it is. And you think that's 
in the movies because it's so far-fetched. Right. That sure, dirty things, shady things happen. People make backroom deals. Mm -hmm. But things this serious, Mm -hmm. this determinative of the future of the United States that that doesn't happen. Right. And when, and call me naive, call me gullible. I don't, I don't, I think it's more than that. I think that most people would say that they believe that government officials would act in the best interest of the United States, of its citizens. When Mueller testified and watching that and Even the things he was willing to say, he was reticent about saying so many things because he truly believed it was Congress's job to Mm -hmm. handle what he found. Mm -hmm. But just the stuff that he was willing to say was damning. Right. I think the the thing was... And Brett Kavanaugh. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) mean, the list is endless Mm -hmm. of things that... 2019 just showed me about the how polluted it is. Well, I just think the thing that saddens me the most is just no one can agree on a set of facts, and you can't see, you know, uh, you know whether it's a red wall or a blue wall, or whatever, and, and agree that such. You know, what I mean, and it's, it's just, I mean, it, it, that just saddened me the most because you know, I felt like I I can speak to someone who has a different political angle than I do, but you know, just to say that you know. Water's not wet and the sky's not blue. That, that, that really depresses me. It astounds me. Mm-hmm. I mean, everything is not fake news. Every news source is not liberal or conservative. Mm-hmm. There are genuine middle of the road journalists who don't have that bias that are just trying to report on the story wherever it takes them. Mm-hmm. You have heads of the departments of all 17 of our agencies thank you but the agencies you know mm-hmm. like the CIA and the FBI and homeland security and things like that some of it you expected some of it you thought okay they'll see cuz i do try to put myself in in the shoes on the other side sometimes mm-hmm. and think if this was obama if this was clinton mm-hmm. what would i think and would I defend him? And especially listening to um, stories about how everybody did come out and defend. Women came out and defended Bill Clinton. And, yeah. then, and people who knew better came mm-hmm. out and defended Bill Clinton. So I understand that. Mm-hmm. But in terms of what Bill Clinton did versus trampling on our Constitution, which... Right. These are the people that have labeled themselves the defender of the United States Constitution mm-hmm. and who believe that it's not a living document, the originalists. Right. And so the emoluments clause, mm-hmm. things like that. That and But now this bribery, extortion. Right. I mean, clearly, clearly, again, is high crimes and misdemeanors. Clearly. And this is the one that blows me away the most. Okay, the Mueller... Stuff was complicated. Mm -hmm. It wasn't in the news every day. Mm -hmm. It was hard kind of for some people to wrap their heads around, even though, you know, you had all those people that got indicted and Mm -hmm. are serving jail time and the Manafort stuff, things like that. But when you look like this, the second it came out, you cannot tell me you didn't instantaneously see how the lines connected. He knows he won 2016 by polluting the environment with Hillary Clinton stories. And he wanted to do it again. You know, that was the, that's the whole thing. 
with um with the the Mueller report, I, I think m- my take on it is that he was old school in the sense that you know he wanted to take find the evidence and and lead it where it may go, and he thought that you know it the 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 greater the, the the better angels, for lack of a better term, would come out with these senators, like in the days of Watergate, where you know this uh, this evidence is overwhelming. So you know we gotta lead where the facts take us. But instead, I don't even think I don't think he found. I, you know, to be honest, I don't even think he gave a shit. I mean, I, I mean, in the sense that here's what I have. Take it. I'm going to be retiring. I'm, you know, I'm going to play with my grandkids. So there's that. And then... I don't know if I believe that he didn't give a shit because he was just his... His... First of all, he was willing to take it on Mm -hmm. when he could have said no. Right. When Sessions appointed him. Let me me clarify that word. Just not so much taking the shit, but giving the shit, but uh, taking the shit. (laughs) (laughs) No, um, no, just not... I mean, I'm not saying that he didn't care, but I'm saying that I'm, you know... I think in his in his point of view that he was above the partisan fray. Exactly. And I'm going to present this case and you know and in, 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 in the world where optics matter, you know, where the perceived optics matter now, you know, so you had this guy that was propped up, you know, I mean d- during the whole investigation it was like Mueller is the law when he puts his foot down the earth is going to shake. And then when he came out, it was, you know, like uh, he was the dude in Law and Order. I don't know if you see Law and Order, the, the old episodes of Law and Order, where they had the, the district attorney was like this old dude. And he was the one saying Adam know, Schiff. Yeah, 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 yeah. Adam or Sch- that Republican yeah. one that came in afterwards that ran for president. Yeah, Fred just, Thompson. Yeah. yeah, Fred Thompson. Yes. Like, and he was the guy that, you know. You know, take them, you know, Mr. Give, Law and Order, give yeah, them manslaughter, the, right? Three to five, right? You know? And and Mueller was that guy. And when he came out, you know, we were thinking he was going to be, yeah, you know, I, you know, I banged down the doors of the Oval Office, and and and, and, and that's what I mean for for you know the media right did wrong, hype yeah, it up yeah, that yeah. way. Mm-hmm. I agree with you wholeheartedly. Mm-hmm. However. I think that all along they did try to tell us, though, that mm-hmm. he was a straight arrow. Right. And he's only going to play by the rules. Mm-hmm. And he's only going to investigate what was within his scope of investigations. Mm-hmm. So if Barr wouldn't have come out that day before, or those couple days before, and tried to say what it said what he said and mm-hmm. you had Trump tweeting exonerated and right. Fox News exonerated when by by no means of any stretch of the imagination could he be labeled as exonerated right and then i think that Mueller was going to you know his goal was to present that to congress mm-hmm. and then congress can do what it is doing now however nancy pelosi has said several times she didn't want to go to impeachment just right. because it is so political, just because it is so divisive, and we're at such a divisive time. You and I remember the Clinton impeachment. Right. That was on the television all the time. Right. All you heard was Linda Tripp, Monica Lewinsky, the blue dress, you know, and that sprang from mm-hmm. 
the investigation of her law firm. Right. You know, that's what's crazy to me. So, and all he, he, not all he did. I mean, he lied under oath, but it wasn't anything in terms of the future of the United States. And when people don't understand that this is what we're up against, if you're, that basically, if you say that, that um, Article 2 gives the president the absolute authority to do whatever he wants, then we are no longer a, a democracy or a republic. Yeah, like, like Klobuchar said in the Clear last, as can be. Like Klobuchar, Klobuchar said in the last debate, you know, you might as well just give him a crown and a spectrum. It is. It's a monarchy. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what it is. If you can do no wrong, if your word is the ultimate, then then we no longer are the country that you claim to love. You know, it's it's just one of those things, and I think that's why evangelicals like him as well, because it's that whole train of thought where, to, to in their head, they're not thinking that this is you know, uh, against the Constitution. It's it's almost the point of right and wrong, where we're so right, we're, we'll do anything to 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 keep it right and it just even like to the to, to abortion debate you know where you know abort, you know abortion's you know abortion's legal well slavery was legal you know and it's just and it's sort of that that the whole rabbit hole you go down you know just because something is legal doesn't mean it's it's moral and and i think you can apply that i mean that's going to be applied to everything even this where oh yeah you know he cheated on his wife's you know he you know he he's a cheat in business but you know, the Lord has brought him down because all throughout the Bible, you know, the Lord has picked imperfect people to do ABC. And these people in their twisted logic think that Trump is that guy. I mean, I'm digressing a little bit, but like that's sort of the, the train of thought that You're people so think. You're so much nicer than I am. You know, because I would like to paint a lot of the evangelicals with a wide brush and say, frankly, I think most of them are scared Mm -hmm. of the fact that the white population of America is going to be in the minority Mm -hmm. in a fairly to-be-seen time in our lives. Mm -hmm. That in your and I's generation, we're going to see this. Right. And I think it's fear. But he's a figurehead. He's a means to an end. Right. He's going to stack the courts with judges that mm-hmm. are going to get rid of abortion. He's going to stack the courts with judges that are going to reverse gay marriage. He, they're going to stack the courts with judges that are not going to vote in favor or rule in favor of things that that they don't like. So, I, I think that that in itself, I. I feel like I'm the only person who feels this way because I think that's a long game fool's errand with the whole with the, with the judges. Why? Because I think, especially with the with the federal judges, because I think if you go down ten, even ten, twenty years from now, I think those not not all of the judges, but a good chunk of them, their their thoughts and their beliefs are going to evolve. I disagree. I, 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 I disagree. I have. Because you see it in the Supreme Court. I've seen it in the Supreme Court. Let's start just with the Supreme Court. Mm -hmm. If Trump wins four more years, Mm -hmm. that is a seven to two majority for the rest of your and I's life. But I think. So you're starting there and you go down, and I don't see it. I see a lot of these Southern viewpoints are still. You just watch them when they're interviewed Mm -hmm. and the things that they say. It's truly a fear. Mm hmm. 
It's a fear of progress. That see, that's why I feel that what Pelosi did. We're 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 talking about past present <laughs> right now, but um, what we're what we're talking about, and just kind of like f- fast forward what's happening now. I think that's what Pelosi did in, in holding the articles of impeachment. I think that that in itself is, and I think the media is is uh, misrepresenting in the sense that that the goal was to what the goal was for to force the hand to yeah, get for, the votes to to or to the rules to say that. There would be a fair trial. There would be witnesses. Right, right. But I, th- I think uh, conventional wisdom would tell you that the Senate is going to acquit the Just president. because they have the majority and right. they haven't, any of them haven't come out against but, a but, few of them. But, but at the same time as, this, as the, the evidence mounts, that's going to be hung. That's going to be, that's going to be hung around these vulnerable Republicans next. I agree. And, and that... It may seem far-fetched now, but I think it's, it's going to be more of a sensing reality come November that the the Senate is going to turn. It's going to turn blue. That's going to play a wrench. I don't think in, 2020 in, in, it's going to turn blue. Do you? Yeah. 2020. Mm-hmm. We're going to gain that many seats in the yep. Senate. Yep. Okay. That in itself would be a bigger gain. Isn't it like... Dare I say the presidency because with, with, without the Senate, the whole agenda that Mitch McConnell wants at least slow down if not stop and well it would clearly be stopped mm-hmm. but and i having lived through the 2010 mm-hmm. red tide revolution i can see but i think once again retracing back to that fear i think that whole 2010 revolution the the turning over of the house and the senate mm-hmm. to um the conservative side was definitely in reaction to Barack Obama right, winning right. and actually governing and right. Obamacare, right. the Affordable Care Act. Which is still around. And people love, has a, like a 68% approval rating, something like that. Right. Nobody I know whose children are over 20-some have taken them off their their right. health. They're on there till they're 26. Mm-hmm. I like to tell this story just to digress for a minute. All right. Um, I knew a man who was a huge vocal um, Trump or uh, anti-Obama person who literally went to D.C. with the hat and the tea bags tied on to it to protest Obamacare right. and then came right home and enrolled his daughter back on his insurance mm-hmm. and took advantage of it because right. you know and that's the th- <laughs> and that's but that's what they always said once it's ingrained in people's lives mm-hmm. they will like it and they will not want to give it up fair enough and i think that they know that as with progress so but anyway so 2010 was turned by a lot of they outmaneuvered us mm-hmm. they were brilliant mm-hmm. really in the way they did it they got control of the census then they got control of redistricting, or not control of the census, but they got control of redistricting because, and they gerrymandered the heck out of these districts because they know they're going to be the minority. And once again, fear is at the root mm-hmm. of it all. Yeah, I think I told Scott this too during the first episode that it just comes down to two to three percent. In this presidential election, in my opinion, why I say that is because, well, number one, in Michigan, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, there was enough, you know, uh, uh, the amount of people 
you know, the failed football stadium decided the election in essence. Exactly. You know, but it's those two, three percent of people because, you know, you got a president that's, that's pulling in the mid, low 40s. 43, pretty much consistently. Right. Approval rating. Right. But, you know. Never really going higher than that mm-hmm. and really not going below that too much either. Right. I mean, but the thing is, I think you need that. There's that two, three percent of people. Millennials. That are saying, yeah. Millennials and women, too. And. And the, if millenni- if every millennial that was eligible to vote mm-hmm. voted, they would have control. Mm-hmm. They would be able to see all these policies that mm-hmm. they want, uh, free education, wiping out student debt, mm-hmm. legalizing marijuana on a national level, mm-hmm. all these things that they that progressives want, mm-hmm. they could have these policies enacted if they just voted. Mm-hmm. And I think too the millennials you know, as they're getting older, they're moving into those suburbs, those, those suburbs. The of, ones that can afford to buy a home. Right. But the, those suburbs, you know, Texas, for instance, you know, you say, you know, Texas is, you know, I wouldn't even say Texas is a ruby red state. I'm going to, I'll, I'll be talking to somebody um, from, from Texas who is like more liberal than you are. <laughs> and uh, no, but like, she's very politically active and, um, you know, she, uh, well, anyway, she's more politically active, but, but my point is, is that you go to Texas and you say that's a red state, but, you know, go to San Antonio, go to Austin, go to Houston. But Austin, San Antonio have, San Antonio especially, mm-hmm. I would say Texas to me is still red. Purplish, light red, early purple. And what are the, thi- and what are the reasons why San Antonio especially El Paso, are more liberal because they're more diverse. Right. Because they have a high percentage of Latinos Mm -hmm. because, well, diversity. So they've been saying for a long time that Texas was going to, which is one of their fears, which is why it's gerrymandered the way that it is. Mm -hmm. And they have voted for Democrats. I mean, you look at Ann Richards. Mm -hmm. I mean, they have done, and they have done progressive things. Um, Castro. Wendy Davis. And look how close Beto came yeah. to beating Ted Cruz. But, mm-hmm. of course, Ted Cruz is so terrible that. <laughs> I've been calling Rob Portman's office almost every single day mm-hmm. to ask that he allows witnesses to testify. And even though he came out early and said, oh, he's on the president's side, mm-hmm. I think that I believe, and this is what hurts me, is I truly believe that if we just speak in loud enough voices, mm-hmm. they'll hear us. Right. But getting that apathy out of the mindset of a lot of people, like I'm probably, I would say, the only person on this whole side of the street that has called their <laughs> senator, right? right? I mean, people have tuned out. Now the... Something like the impeachment trial, but see Mitch McConnell, I was just going to say, once mm-hmm. people are watching it all the time, like right. they were with the Clinton, but now he's trying to really limit mm-hmm. television exposure, reporter yeah. access, mm-hmm. things like that. Um, Mitch McConnell, to me, is the man that broke Congress, plain and simple. Mm-hmm. Plain. There's politics, and then there's things like stopping the president of the United States um, from naming a Supreme Court mm-hmm. judge. Because you decided, you, yourself decided that you were going to tell him no. And there was nothing they could do about it. Even though it go, it flies in the face mm-hmm. of everything that is right. Mm-hmm. 
And had it been the reverse, I don't think Democrat. I if it had been the reverse, he even stated as such that you know he said that because remember he was asked you know earlier you know late last year you know Supreme Court justice spot was open at this time during the election. This he would year. nominate him. Yeah, he would nominate. Yeah, he would. He, would, and he, he didn't care if it was an election year. And he said it matter of fact. So I so mean, matter of fact, of course I would fill that seat. Yeah. So it's it's. And, and see, that's the thing that, to the larger point, that's the thing that really saddens me is because people speak of this as a game. Because these things that we're talking about, that's not going to matter when we have bills to pay, kids to raise, and all that stuff. So, so to them, it's, it is a game. And it then, comes down to the same things that pundits mm-hmm. sitting around tables have said for mm-hmm. f- however long they've been saying it, mm-hmm. is it's kitchen table issues. Right. But like yesterday, when they were talking about how much the... Um, trade war with China cost the average person. Right. Mm-hmm. The the people know he bailed out the farms. Right. With with you know, basically welfare. And that's such and that that thing itself that that is such. Uh, and this deal does nothing. This deal is so ridiculous. That's why mm. they call it Phase One because they know they couldn't even come out and say it's a great it's phase one right. because it sucks it the tpp had better protection for right. americans than this deal does you know and the thing about it is that with the farmers they're getting screwed so they're, hard they're filing bankruptcy and losing their farms at record numbers suicide rates yeah you're spiking i mean the, the thing that gets me is okay but the large agro farmers are reaping all the benefits oh yeah because they're the ones that are getting that you have a guy that's been sitting on millions Millions of dollars worth of soybeans that are rotting away. Number one, he's going to have to sell that to, to Canada for. They've already insane. made all these other deals once they couldn't sell to China. Right, right. And now Brazil, countries like Brazil, stepping in was like, "Hey, China, here's our soybeans." Even with a democratic president, he or she, you know, you think Brazil's going to be like, "Oh, okay," you know. With we, Bolsonaro? Yeah. No yeah. way. No way. No way. No way. No way. So like this is screwed. I mean, but like now, like but to the micro level where you have the you have a farmer is coming into these offices where if you read, they're waiting all day. Like there's long lines waiting to get the check. Right. You know, and and it's not even hardly enough of the money and the revenue they're getting growing the product in the first place. Exactly. And not to mention the biggest thing that Trump talked about when mm-hmm. he first initiated these trade wars and before for years and years was the intellectual theft. Mm-hmm. And none of that is solved or cured in this agreement. There's just placeholder arguments where where it's it's something to talk about when you don't have a real answer. Just like the the um NAFTA 2.0. Mhm. I mean yeah, it's just it, it's just I <laughs> calm down. <laughs> no, but but um, you know, just kind of you know, change gears a little bit and everything. You know, especially you know, kind of getting back to the impeachment. Okay, that's scenario one where witnesses are going to be called. Well, what do you think is going to happen if they don't? If they vote to not call witnesses. Mitch McConnell hurries up and votes to dismiss it. And you think it will be gone before the State of the Union? I don't think before the State of the Union. I think they want it to be gone before the State of the Union. Okay. I have hope in Lisa Murkowski, Mitt Mm -hmm. Romney, Mm -hmm. um, Lamar Alexander. And maybe, have you seen those ads that those Lincoln Republicans are running against Cory Gardner? Yes. 
Those are brutal. Those are brutal. They called him impotent. Mm-hmm. Um, Trump kind of dogged Cory Gardner because of being from Colorado. Mm-hmm. He was really willing to have an open uh, discussion about legalizing marijuana on the federal level. And right. Trump said it, that he was open to that. Cory Gardner went back to Colorado and mm-hmm. kind of sold that. And mm-hmm. then Trump was like, nope, nope, nope. Still scheduled one, whatever. Mm-hmm. Which, be it as, you know, being that it's marijuana, whatever. I'm just saying he got kind of burned mm-hmm. by Trump. And I don't, Mike Lee, he's more of a libertarian. Rand Paul, more of a libertarian. I, I'm kind of curious to see what they would do. Mm-hmm. You hear little talk about sources and people saying that there's going to be four of them. Right. There's going to be four of them that's mm-hmm. going to vote for witnesses. The four being? Romney, Murkowski, mm-hmm. possibly Lamar Alexander, mm-hmm. and not Susan Collins, one more. Could be Susan Collins, but that's depending on it. Um, Tillis? Might be Tillis. Mm-hmm. Might be Tillis. Out of North Carolina. I'm anxious to see what happens with impeachment over kind of coinciding with Iowa Mm -hmm. because if someone like Bernie Sanders wins Iowa, I think we're going to know basically that we're just kind of going to be split down the middle. It's Mm going to, you know, again, if it's going on at the same time and they're all like these senators are going to be having to be back at the impeachment. I don't think that's going to matter. I don't think that's going to change things. I, can't it's going to be right at the heart of campaigning or mm-hmm. the Iowa caucuses? Great segue. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, with the with the, with the Iowa caucuses, um, what is your predictions on that? Well, a few months ago when we talked, I thought Pete Buttigieg would win. Still could. He still could. Mm-hmm. But I think that I think Sanders is going to win, mm-hmm. and then. North Car- or South Carolina, I think Biden is going to win. Yes. Um, New Hampshire, totally Sanders. I think maybe Warren. I mean. I think this latest yeah. thing that I think it was really a bad move on her part. Mm-hmm. What she did with saying that that private conversation and saying that Bernie Sanders said a woman could never. I've I'm been- as progressive as they come. And mm-hmm. I've said that. I think that whole that whole dynamic of just kind of that infighting, it's because that's what brought Harris down, right? You know that they gave her a bump, but she never never got that bump back. I don't think people are gonna like that, and you know, even like I didn't even watch as you know me as obsessed as I am, I didn't even watch this last Democratic debate because mm-hmm. I know who all of these people are. Mm-hmm. I know what they stand for. Mm-hmm. I'm willing. Especially at the way it is right now. I am willing to vote for any of those people. Mm-hmm. Every single one of them. Up to and including Mike Bloomberg. Yeah, see, that's... Okay, that's another thing. I think with him being in the race... I think Sawyer, Sawyer is... Steyer. I, Steyer, Steyer. I don't like him. I appreciate his efforts, but I, I, I think he didn't do himself any favors. Just the answers that he gave. It was just sort of... Like a rich guy talk, right. I mean, you know, and, and, you know, not in the bad way that you know, you would think like with Trump, but I, I think it's just sort of, you know, his heart's in the right place, but it's just sort of, 
You're not the dude. You're not the guy. I hope he comes out and does stuff like like Bloomberg has committed to, even if he's knocked out of the race early on, he's committed to X amount of dollars that he's going to put behind whichever Democratic candidate emerges as the winner. You notice the format of his commercials. Yes. Where it's, it's, you know, Trump's bad guy. He's doing this. We need to make it better. And then it's, you know, Mike Bloomberg. And it's so easily you can take that. And just put anything on the end of it. Yeah. Put anything on the end of it. And it's just, oh, okay. I see what you're doing. But I I think. Which we. Because that, that, because before that, I was thinking that he is going to, you know, when it comes to Super Tuesday, because he's still going to be around. When it comes to Super Tuesday. And if he strikes gold in those states, you know, we could have a broker convention and. Who knows how that's going to end up? Well, look what happened at the 2016 convention. I mean, Mm because that's still kind of raw to me. You know, like things like West Virginia, where Bernie Sanders won every single solitary county. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, it went, they, the delegates went to Clinton Clinton Mm -hmm. in that protest they were trying to make. And kind of the way that people were split off. But I get so worried sometimes, just even like with this Lev Parnas. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to embrace what Lev Parnas says. I absolutely see where he's an indicted man. He's done terrible mm-hmm. things. However, when you when you put a mob guy away, but another mob guy has turned on him, do you discredit the mob guy that turned on him? Right. Well, he, yeah, but you got to think too. It's it's not the Democrats. It's sometimes I that. feel like Russia is like. Just this dangling force over it just because I want to, I, I'm i so worried that sometimes even we're playing into it because why is he all of a sudden, I know he said he's trying, he thinks if he just gets it all out of there, he's safer, but why is he all of a sudden coming out? Why is he all of a sudden giving up this information? I, I really think it's simple. Like that guy, I don't know what he's thinking. I can't get into his mind where he's think uh, he's he's doing this. He's thinking he's doing the service. You know, being a big shot, talking to world leaders, and and, and from that interview with Maddow, he was to me. It, it seemed that he was insinuating that he was telling these aides to Zelensky that this is going to happen if you don't do this. Well, that's exactly what he said because yeah, but, they didn't really believe him. Yeah. But, and then Pence, the next day, Pence... But he was surprised. He, he, that's what he said. Yeah, he it, goes, I'm, I'm, I'm shocked then that... Because that, that's... Okay, Okay. if I was uh, you know, a halfway thug, I would think that same thing. Like, I'm doing this and then you know I, I'm, I'm sitting at a table with somebody saying if you don't do this then abc is going to happen maybe in the back of my head thinking okay it's probably not going to go down like that but i'm talking tough well, and then and then it happens you're like oh shit you know, like these these motherfuckers are real exactly you know? exactly and that was the, and that he said that was the turning point when mm-hmm. they find, when they took him seriously mm-hmm. because i don't know if you heard last night he said the aide had blocked oh, yeah, saw, him yeah i saw i saw every second of that stop yeah. taking his text mm-hmm. and then when he told giuliani that and mm-hmm. giuliani said they'll see then yeah and then the ne- very next day pence backs out of going and then all of a sudden the the ukrainians were like Oh shit! What he said was true. Mm-hmm. All along, they Fareed Zakaria mm-hmm. has said all along they had an interview. He right. had an interview scheduled with Zelensky right right before the news dropped of right. the whistleblower. Mm-hmm. 
And, and and on top of that, the way he explained Hyde was just sort of he's he, a big no, he's a big talker. Drunk. He was drunk, and at the at the Trump Hotel, all these guys, you know, the Roger Stones, and all, you know, they're all mingled there. And, and Doral, yeah, right. And and the way he was talking, it was just, I, I mean, he got escorted out of Doral last year. Right. They called the cops on him because he was walking around saying that FBI agents wanted to kill him. You know, being a trade journalist, the times I went to D.C., those guys are like those in spades. I'm, sorry, I'm serious. So you go to any any function that's held at a congressional building, you can be talking about agriculture, automotive aftermarket. There, and it's so open. You know what I mean? It's not like you would think. I've been there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've been there. I mean, my husband lobbied congressmen. Yeah. We mm-hmm. were on Capitol Hill. I was in those offices. I was in those hotels. I see it. That those are the kind of hanger honors that mm-hmm. come in and come around, and if they have a little bit of money to throw around, right, and get themselves ingratiated, mm-hmm. that's, that's of course the ultimate goal. And they'll say Power, anything, money, and, and they will say anything. I agree. And it's just, and, that, and when partners was talking about that, I, I, I in my head, I'm thinking, oh my goodness, that's that's how that whole scene is. That's how that whole scene but is. But it is still kind of freaky. Mm-hmm. Because those texts happened, what, a month before she was called back? Right. And for him to say things like, her phone is off, Mm -hmm. her computer is off, and then saying that they would have to make contact with her security detail. Mm -hmm. Then when she testified, she said that the woman from Mike Pompeo... <laughs> department. <laughs> oh, you know something. You don't have to make me edit this out now. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, from so the good. State Department, <laughs> when she called, she said, "We're worried. Of, there could be issues with your security." And she said, "My personal security." And that woman said, "No, I don't think your personal security." So, did security mean her security was compromised? As in right. her her security people were compromised. Did somebody pick up on these text messages? Was there, ch- you know what I mean? Right, right. So that's the things I think about. So I don't know if he was just trying to downplay that that with um, Robert Hyde because if he was involved in that surveillance of a U.S. ambassador, Lev Parnas, I mean, granted, he's already facing charges, but right. you're just going to have to throw on another right. charge in some way. However, I do know that those people are... Everywhere you look, just in our regular lives, just people trying to get close to local people. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's human nature. So, but it's, um, as far as Lev Parnas, I do believe a lot of what he said. Mm-hmm. I do believe the lines have been drawn. I do believe most everything he said was corroborated by the witness testimony in the House hearings. And I also believe that um, there's more to come out. And how about Devin Nunes? Would I not <laughs> like to see anybody more than Devin Nunes swept up into this? <laughs> and if you can somehow get GYM Jim Jordan into uh-huh. it too, <laughs> I will die a happy progressive. I was going to ask you your predictions about the election, but I love this conversation so much. I'm not even going to ask you because I think I'm going to talk to you again. I know I'm going to talk to you again. So, Davina, I want to thank you for 
talking politics with me. <laughs> she just uh, showed me her shirt. So it says talk politics to me. So this was a cool conversation to have. Thanks for having me. Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed it. I mm -hmm. think that I went down a few rabbit holes, but that's how the world is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Uh, yeah. So uh, um, also, too, I, I just want to put uh, something out there for everyone. Um, if you like this conversation, please feel free to donate to my anchor page. And also, if you disagree with anything that was said here, um, happily uh, invite any conservative Trumpist or just conservative level headed. Like, what the hell is Trump doing? Anybody to come and uh, we can have this type of conversation as well. Definitely. I would like to do a round table and speak to a conservative. So if, oh, oh, that'll be, that'll be something else. If, I would love it. So if we can but, arrange it, <laughs> I'm there. All right, cool. Cool. Be. Thank you for listening. My name is Michael Fries, host of friends and experts to support friends and experts. Go to anchor.fm slash friends and experts and click the support button. Thank you for listening and have a great day.